0: God is good. And all the time? Amen. Amen. No matter what comes our way or the church as a whole's way, God is in control and in charge of all things. I give him praise and glory for it. I don't care uh, where any of his people, his children may be, he is in control. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Drawing your attention to scripture this morning, I'm going to go to the uh, the book of Luke, the 23rd chapter, beginning in verse 39. Luke 23, beginning at 39. Praise the name of the Lord. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Glory to the name of the Lord. So everyone is probably familiar with the passage and the backdrop is. It is the time is at hand where Jesus is to be crucified. And they were, he was led up with the, the criminals or evildoers, the robbers, as some say. And he was in between the both of them. And there one of them began to uh, blaspheme him and tell him, if you are, like I say, the Christ, then come down up off of there and save yourself as well as us, thinking of itself And so uh, with this text this morning, I want to uh, speak to you on uh, the subject, the undue reward. The undue reward is what I want to speak to on this morning, drawing your attention back to verse 41 where it says and we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds and there was one there that was receiving an undue award and we all know who that was and let us pray lord jesus we come to you today lord we thank you for the service thus far i know your spirit has been here in a mighty way and i know you can do great things lord Lord, I just ask for every uh, heart to be open and every ear to be open, Lord, that as this word goes forth, it is your word. I trust in it, believe in it, Lord Jesus, and help me to deliver your word as you see fit, for it is, it is a great word, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And let the church say amen. amen. You can be seated. And like I say again, the, the, what I want to talk to you a little bit on is the undue reward. And, you know, we all get upset when we hear of a good person going through something wrongly, someone being harmed in some kind of way or going, going to jail or prison for something they didn't do. I mean, there's a lot of people in jail that need to be, and there's some that don't need to be. And, and, and just that naturally kind of human nature, and this kind of you wore up. If you hear a story, you kind of get aggravated a little bit when you know somebody's been wrong, especially if you know that person personally. Right, you know, if you know someone personally that has been wrong, it means so much more to you. Uh, I can't get into it because you can see it's, uh get choked up. But uh, my nephew Jacob is one as such, and uh, if I could keep a clear <laughs> throat, I'd tell you a little bit more. But uh, I cannot because of you know how I am. But anyways, he is one, and uh, one that I, a story that I can get out that I know I can. Uh, Uh, is a story that I just happened to come across. uh, The Lord began to deal me with the scriptures uh, first. And then lo and behold, I come across this story. And so if you bear with me a few minutes, I'll try to want to get through the story. And I had to leave a whole lot of it out just for time. I didn't want, you know, it's just so much. Uh, But I will tell you uh, before I begin with it is uh, uh, they are coming out with a documentary about this story. Uh, I want to say is Investigation Discovery, I believe. Uh, it's supposed to be coming out in December, which is a couple months away, and I know I'll probably forget about it by then. But anyways, they are making a documentary about it. In early October 2006, a woman by the name of Hannah Overton, who was a licensed nurse who worked with children with disabilities, found herself in a life-altering situation. Hannah and her husband, Larry, had accepted a foster child, Andrew, who was four years old. He he was a special needs child. With Hannah's background, she just knew that she could help the special needs, help him with his special needs. Andrew was in Sunday school class with their other daughters, and and his then-foster family attended church there. And that's how this kind of become about, is she had a dream of uh, adopting a child. She already had, uh, uh, I think, three other, three or four other children. She still wanted to adopt, and her her dream was to have six total, uh, and so this uh, particular young boy uh, was going to church with him, and uh, he was, he had special needs, like I said, and part of the, some of his issues was a hunger issue, and he would eat a lot of stuff, and he got, he would eat out of uh, trash cans and things, and so, uh, he was in their Sunday school class. And after praying about it and, and seeking the Lord about taking Andrew into their family, they decided to do so. Um, part of uh, part of his trouble was, like I said, his appetite. And when he was denied food, he would throw tantrums and uh, defecate on the floor and smear it on the wall. So he would sneak into the kitchen to get food. So they put a baby monitor in his bedroom and soon found out that he was attempting to eat his foam mattress and paint chips off the wall. That's how bad, you know, that he was trying to, you know, take, you know, eat something, anything, issues that he had. They notified Andrew's casework of this unusual behavior but were assured that it would calm down after a while because children tend to act out in their new environment. Andrew's birth mother had done drugs while pregnant with him and above that, the family, his birth family abused him as a baby, which was, uh, which was why he was removed from that family. One day, Hannah made lunch for Andrew. She made him chili, and he loved it, and he begged for more, and he, And she gave him another portion. Uh, and he wanted even more than that. So at this time, being concerned about how much he could take in, uh, she decided to get him some water and put uh, some uh, seasonings in it, you know, uh, chili powder, paprika or something to try to mask the flavor of water to try to fool him in a sense to making him think that he was getting the chili, but to try to fill him up. Well, not long after this had transpired and happened with this water, uh, he began vomiting and feeling very ill. And it becomes so severe that she had to take him to the emergency room. And this would later determine that he had salt poisoning. And there's actually an official name for it, but... I couldn't pronounce it, so salt poisoning is easier. Uh, and that's what, that's what happened. And uh, unfortunately, this young, this, young, uh, this young boy lost his life as a result of they could not save him, and he passed away. So Hannah soon found herself with a prime suspect of Andrew's death. But she just knew, uh, being a loyal and faith to God, a churchgoer, that God would see her through this time. And to shorten it up, like I said, and and to uh, shorten it down and condense it, after losing her other five children, being branded a cold, abusive mother whom was overwhelmed, and they said that she held Andrew down by the uh, throat and forced him to drink a fatal concoction. This is the image that was tried to be portrayed in media and at her trial. Uh, She wound up serving seven years in prison for a crime she did not commit. It all finally come together to prove her innocence eventually. She said that, these are her words, I always believed God would prove my innocence. And every day I hear about things I missed out on with my family and that hurts. But I don't deal with anger that often. Think about that. She doesn't deal with anger that often. I gave that to God a long time ago. I realized that to hold on to anger would eat me up at me. It would eat up at me. And uh, one, I'll tell you this too, one of the five children that she had that they the state took away from her was a newborn baby that she had had when she was out on bail. Uh, they That uh, she had gotten pregnant, that would have made her sixth child, so she had her dream. She had her dream of having her six kids. Uh, uh, the young boy had lost his life, but uh, the one, the newborn that she had while she was out on bail, they took that child from uh, from her, so had she wanted to, she could not even nurse her newborn baby three days after that she was born in the hospital. The state come and took her and When I heard that, I, I remembered what 's going on in our uh, immigration news in this around this country today with a lot of folks saying. Uh, what a cry foul it is that uh, the the government has taken away uh, children from their uh, from their mothers and parents, uh, and say we we have to just let them be illegal in this country in this nation because we can't rip the children away from the parents. Well, this is an American citizen woman who had a child naturally and was not given the opportunity to nurse her own baby, and, and that is a shame. And she wa- and she was com- uh, completely innocent, and she was one that was given an undue award. uh, award. She served some time that she should not have had to serve because of this. And it goes to great other detail about uh, what had uh, eventually uh, ruled her uh, innocence. And one thing that I can tell you that is uh, at the trial, they did not allow the vomit that he, when he uh, threw up, they did not uh, allow that to be, uh, they didn't test it. They said that, uh, that it was not tested. They did later test it and found out that it, in fact, was a low sodium amount in what he had thrown up. So he had low sodium. He, so that meant that whatever he had adjusted, because remember, he he was all the time getting into stuff, getting into food. They tried locking the cabinets, and, you know, tried to do things to prevent him from getting food. He had apparently earlier in the day had ingested so much more sodium from somewhere, and there was videotapes as well. Uh, they said they weren't going to use the videotapes uh, in, in the trial because uh, it was grainy and couldn't see. But it was basically boiled down to the state wanted to convict somebody for the death of this young boy, and the mama was going to get it, and that's who they pinned it on. But she was vindicated, and I think it's interesting that she gives the glory to God and praises him, and she does not hold anger in her heart. So. Uh, glory to God be given for this mother, and the Lord be with her. So, uh, that that is the story that I want to share with you, and also draw you back to our scripture as we as we uh, think of Jesus. When uh, in verse forty of of Luke, there and in the twenty third, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, "Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation?" If I can paraphrase uh, paraphrase this for a little bit. Uh, the one, the one man uh, hanging on the cross is saying, "Are you out of your mind? Do you not know anything about God at all? That who is uh, hanging on the cross in between us? This tells me. I believe this man knew something about religion, knew something about God, and, and feared God." to some extent, knew about him. He, t- he rebuked the other one and told him, are you crazy and out of your mind? Are you not knowing what you're thinking? This man is unjustly hanging here. He has done no wrong, but he is, hang- he is hanging here between us. We're getting our due reward. We did the crimes we're confu- we're co- uh, we have been charged with, and under this uh, Roman penalty, we're getting our due reward. And that's wh- And that's what he was trying to explain to him. And... And so then he asked Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today you will be with me in paradise. And this is the same paradise as talked about in Revelation where the tree of life is in the garden of God at paradise. It's, it's the same paradise. And that's where he took him, took him to. And I, I want to draw your attention to uh, what the uh, the prophet Isaiah said. Uh, in Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 4, it talks about prior to Jesus, uh, long before Jesus hung on the cross and had gone to Calvary for us, for the, uh, for the sin of the world. Uh, in chapter 53 and verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. And this is saying, surely He has borne our griefs. He has borne our our sicknesses, our bad health He has borne it, our sorrows, our broken hearts. He has carried those sorrows. Yet we esteem Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace so we could have peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. This lets me know that He endured everything for us. Every, every, everything that we could ever not our sick, not only our sin that He took away, our sicknesses, all of our hurts, our heartaches. When the bad times roll around, when when the death of family members roll around, He bear all that sorrow, all that pain, all that hurt. He He bared it all for us. He took that all upon Himself. He was the suffering servant that took on everything for us. Everything glory, he took glory. it. Glory to the name of the Lord. And we, like sheep, have gone astray. And this is where it cuts deep and it hurts, but it's the truth. We have turned everyone to his own way. So what have we done in return for our Lord Jesus? What have we done for him in return? Of all that he has done for us, carrying those burdens, carrying those sicknesses, Going and being crucified, being willing to be crucified on that cross for us. We have turned from Him and wanted to go our own way. Wanted to go our own way. Wanted to do our own thing and not give Him glory for what He has done. Not wanted to love Him for what He has done. We've turned from His way. He was oppressed and He was afflicted. Yet He opened not His mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Not only had he done this, but he never said a word about it. When's the last time something was done to you and you didn't speak up and say something about it? When's the last time you sit back and took something And didn't say something back when somebody condemned you come against you. It's highly likely that we all speak out against our behalf and our favor. But Jesus stood there and took it. When Pilate asked him, don't you know that I have the authority to crucify you? Don't you know that I have this power? And and when he asked him, he did not answer a word, the scripture says. He did not answer a word. He stayed silent, just like the prophet Isaiah foretold that he would do. He stayed silent and didn't open the word. He took it. He he bore it for you. He bore it for me. He bore it all for us. Glory to the name of the Lord. And you, the one thing that the one reason why Jesus did this—he took all of this in for me and you—is because he knew that without him, there's no way we we could see God the Father. There's no way. God the Father cannot even look upon sin without Jesus. It is t- sin is something that he has to turn his head from. He cannot look at it. He can't be a part of it. And j- without Jesus, no one can go to the Father. It has to go through Jesus to get to the Father. And he knew this. That's why he bore all this. That's why he took all this punishment. That's why he took all of this treatment, uh, this abuse that he, that he endured. That's why he took it all. Because he knew he knew that that it needed to be done, and he followed through, so i give I give Jim praise and glory for doing that because otherwise i i i I'm, I'm just I'm just a helpless sinner i there's there's i'm unworthy to 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 even stand before him because of of what's in just being born with sin is one thing, much less all the things I do on my own. All, all of my own decisions that I do, much less the sin that I was born with. But I give him praise and glory for being willing to go through with that that sacrifice and being the lamb that he needed to be. Glory to the name of the Lord. So he is there to go to bat for you and me, to God Almighty the Father. He, is will, he was there to go to bat for us. And I want to draw your attention to uh, how... The devil is also, had also, uh, when the war was in heaven and taking place, the devil was going to bat against you. I know a lot of times it's not really uh, uh, mentioned or spoke of, but there was a time when the devil uh, was going to bat to God the Father before he was kicked out of heaven, before he got his butt kicked out. He was going to bat against you, claiming all the things that the, the brethren was going to do, claiming all the things that were going to tra- happen and transpire, trying to trying to to, to deceive and get and get you in, in, into hell and he, he, he was going to bad against you. let's read uh, revelations 12 10 and 11. Praise the name of the Lord. Revelations in chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying... This is John the Revelator talking about uh, when the war had broke out into heaven. Then I heard a loud voice saying, "...in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come." For the accuser, that's the devil, of our brethren who has accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. This is what John the Revelator was showed. It wasn't Michael and his angels that defeated the devil. It was Jesus that defeated. There is the power was broken when when Jesus had uh, was crucified in that three day period. He went through the gates of hell and he went down there uh, because God the Father had created that place to start with. He the devil didn't have any key, didn't even have, to, he wasn't gonna have the keys to his own house after this that transpired and happened. Jesus went down there and took him from him, kicked his butt along the, along the way, and told him he no longer had no power. He had no power over God's children. He had no power over the Brethren, he had no longer no power. The devil, the, Jesus went down there and kicked butt, took names, and Jesus took the keys, and that's why he now has control over death and hell. He has control over it all. He has all power, all control, yeah. all glory belongs to him. Yes, give him praise. <laughs> glory to the name of the Lord. All power and glory is due His name. Just as just as the devil. Uh, at the time, he was called Lucifer. who was in heaven trying, trying to claim to, to God, the Father, everything that you, that you were going to do and had done. Jesus knew that you needed somebody on your side and he took that place and he was on your side and he kicked the devil's butt and he has no and the devil has no power he, he has no power and we need to give him no glory over anything we need to kick that devil in the butt just like Jesus did because we, we got a little bit of Jesus in us don't we amen we need to kick his butt anytime he tries to bring something up in our past we need to kick his butt with it tell him look I have been forgiven for that my sins are forgiven you can't bring my past up no more you can't remind me of that anymore I been forgiven, and this is one thing that I have found you, that a lot of people struggle with, and that is reminder of their past of some sort. Yes. Reminder of it, it bothers them so badly of something that they had done, and Jesus says that there's that He's not going to give you that guilt. He's not going to have that guilt put up on you. Uh, if we if we look at Psalms and thirty two verse. Uh, in uh, verse thirty-two, excuse me, chapter thirty-two, David is talking here, and David knew a lot about sin and transgression. In Psalms thirty-two be- beginning in one Blessed are the, or, or is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent my bones grew old. Through my groaning all the day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. But listen to this, I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin, or you forgave, if you will, the guilt of my sin. When God forgives you of your sin, he forgives you of the guilt, too. You no longer have to carry that guilt around with you. That has been forgiven for you. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. That is what's so important today, church. In a time when he may be found is when we need to ask him forgiveness. We don't need to wait and delay because like this whole uh, service has transpired. I hope you remember each song. That was saying the devotion that was given it all leads up to the time that is allowed and given for you to seek God, and He is there to be found that you can ask for forgiveness and be forgiven and not worry about it any longer and not not let anything be brought up to you any longer. Uh, I was talking to a coworker of mine a few days ago, and just incidentally i uh, he, uh, he, wanted, he told me he was talking a little bit about scripture, and he told me that uh, You know, one thing that concerns him and bugs him is how he knows that God has forgiven him of his sin, but it's like family members and different ones still want to bring up his past or something that he had done, like you don't want to believe he's Christian and don't want want to believe... uh, His change of lifestyle. And I said, well, all that is is the devil trying to get to you, trying to tell you that you're not forgiven, trying to always keep something in your mind. And our family and friends may not believe it. They may not accept it. Maybe because they just simply don't have the understanding. But who has the understanding? You do. You have the understanding. You don't have to worry about those sins and that guilt of that sin. All you all you have to do is give it to Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you've forgiven me. I know friends and family and different ones don't understand. Lord, open their eyes. That's all you can do is pray for them to open their understanding. Wow. Then they'll know. Then they'll get it, and they won't bug you as much. Praise the name of the Lord. I, want, I wanted to uh, share with you also, uh, well, I spoke earlier about... Uh, Jesus going in and busting the gates of hell open and taking the keys from the devil, and telling them, uh, kicking his butt for all of us, uh, it's kind of like uh, he had the authority to do that. He had every every bit of authority to do that. He wasn't standing there knocking at the gate saying, "Hey, can I can I please come in, though? I want to talk to you a little bit." Just, and then slickered him. No, he busted them gates wide open. He had the authority and power to do it. Yeah. And what I wanted to, to, to share with you, an example of that, is at my work uh, a couple months ago, they come out with, uh, uh, they were going to bump our trucks up in speed. We've been regulated at 65 miles an hour for a while now, and they decided they are going to bump it up to 70. Well, we have some, uh, we have different manufacturers, and some of them are easier to deal with than others. They lease these trucks, so they basically don't own them, so they don't have 100% of rights to them. So K W or I say I mean Kenworth. uh, So Kenworth doesn't want to be cooperative with the company and let them have the codes and computer, uh, the computer stuff to bump the trucks up because you got to go in there and do it you know electronically, computerly. So they don't want they don't want to do that. They don't want to be cooperative because they have the power to to override them and say no, we're not going to do that. So I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to get my truck bumped up to 70 mile an hour or not because the ones who have the authority to say no is holding out on the company and not going to let them do it. But have my company had total power complete ownership and control over those trucks, they'd say, sorry about you, look, we own it, we control it, we're gonna do it. And that's the same way with Jesus. He has total power, total control, total ownership of everything. He is the creator. There's nothing that he don't own. There's nothing that he don't have. He is the creator. He is he is Lord of all. Glory to the name of the Lord. And uh, this morning, as Pastor comes back up and gets a song ready, I want to I want to leave you with this that Jesus will never make you feel guilty for your sin or hold it over your head. Now, I heard um, uh, some mother, I forget what, I was flipping through stations I guess maybe, uh, on TV maybe, I saw there was a group of mothers and they were talking about what do you do to help to get your kids to, mi- to mind and behave. And they, uh, they were saying the number one thing they used was guilt. <laughs> they tried to guilt them into stuff and hold things over their head. But this morning Jesus does not do that. He does not hold these things over your head. If you if you this morning have felt like something's been held over your head, you don't have to worry about it no longer. Don't believe it. Don't accept that guilt. Release it in Jesus name this mor- this morning. He just wants to he just want Jesus just wants you to love him enough to follow him in everything that we do. Amen. Glory to the name of the Lord. Praise